Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. Welcome to episode 18. This is Lori. And this is Abby. Today we are very excited. We have Beth McGaw here with Launchpad Consulting Group, and she is going to tell us all about her job as an independent educational consultant. Hi, Beth. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So I think maybe first let's tell me a little bit about what an educational consultant does, and then I want to know a little bit about how you landed in this space. Okay. Um, well, an independent educational consultant um, works to help families and st- students in particular find that next best fit in the post-secondary world, so uh, after high school. Okay. So it could be college, four-year college, two-year college, trade school. Um, some consultants you specialize just in four-year colleges and very select colleges. Oh, really? Um, others uh, specialize in, say, learning disabilities, mm-hmm. and then there's you know others that just do everything that oh, that sure. comes to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you have a specialty area? My specialty is learning disabilities, ADHD, and spectrum. And so, disorders. tell tell us how you landed there. What brought you to that place? Well. Um, kind of a, a long story. I'll try and keep it short, but um, I actually started out as an engineer. Oh. I graduated as an engineer and uh, worked in that field for a while. And um, then I started a family and um, did quit work after that because we moved around a lot. My husband's job moved helped us move around a lot. And so then I had my third son and he was diagnosed with some uh, developmental delays at an early age, six months, but then as he went into the school setting, they were di- he was diagnosed with learning disabilities um, and ADHD, uh, mainly auditory processing um, and language processing disorders. So I had to find a way to help him. He went to the public schools. They were very good where we were. and But it got to a point in third grade that I had to... Um, find other uh, therapies outside of school Mm -hmm. because the school system wasn't reacting fast enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had a large caseload. So that's when I started investigating more um, types of therapies for him. And while I was doing that, I said, you know, I need to help other parents while I'm doing this. I mean, I'm gathering all this information. Right. Um, I need to share it. So I actually started a publication wow. in Atlanta is where we lived at that time. It was called Kids Enabled. And um, it, was, idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. It was a great resource. Mm-hmm. And I loved the publication uh, industry. It was so much fun creating this magazine. And then it became a nonprofit. Um, but then we moved to Dallas. <laughs> Um, so it got a little difficult to, to do the magazine back in, you know, uh, 
in Atlanta. In Atlanta. So um, I got very involved in the Learning Disabilities Association of America. A lot of volunteer work for them. And to eventually I became the president of the organization. Wow. And so I did that from 2018 to 2020. Um, and so the last year I have um, been taking a break and I decided I'm going to go back and um, dive a little deeper into the college admissions process. And so I just finished up my coursework for college admissions counseling from UC Riverside. Yeah. Um, and That's so, great. Yeah, it's, it was, it's been a lot of fun and I, I learned a lot more <laughs> than I sure. did before. But this is all to say that um, it was through my son, my youngest son, and that's the way it happens for a lot of parents, you know? Um, We have kids who have issues, and then we want to help other parents who have kids with issues. And so um, I decided I had to go through that search with my son as well. I'm proud to say that he has graduated from college. It took Wonderful. him a little longer than most. He had right. to hop around a little bit, but I learned a lot from that experience, and right. so did he. Um, but he graduated, and he's now working. Uh, so I guess I can say it worked. And he was, your, was, he, was, was he your first client? He was my first client. <laughs> Yes, and I have helped quite a few of his friends and their families along the way, um, and now you know have other clients of my own. Um, I don't work just in Dallas. I now that we can work virtually, you know, oh, that's I, wonderful. I have a client in Massachusetts, so I, we can do it anywhere right. on Zoom. Isn't right? that the best? You it's sound great. like you're a great resource for parents and for students with a, a lot of experience and knowledge. Right. That's exciting. So who would you say your target client is then? Like who is your who is your perfect client? Well, my perfect client would be, uh, well, there's really no perfect client because right. all students are different, right? Mm-hmm. right. I mean, so, um, and everybody learns differently, whether they have diagnosed learning disabilities or not. Sure. Um, so I would say it would be a student who's motivated to um to do more after high school, mm-hmm. you know, that wants to uh, pursue uh, either a college degree or go to trade school, um, they have to they have to be a willing participant mm-hmm. in the process, and so that would be my ideal client. Um, I can say that I don't always get that, and no. so I have to find ways to to get them motivated, in and and then you know we work through the process, and then it happens. Right. Um, but that would be my ideal client. Right. We sometimes even see adults that are wanting to go back to school, you know, later in life that aren't necessarily just out of high school. So do you work with adults as well? Or what all ages do you work with? Sure. It's the same process. Um, so f- Ideally, it's good to catch students in, say, eighth grade going into ninth, because then you can start with that career assessment side. Um, But normally, I work with students that are juniors um, through, you know, until they get to college. Um, I have worked with adults um, who are working through a career change. And we go through the same sort of process because we do career assessments, personality assessments, um, like a career uh, interview, if you will, where we you know, kind of dive into their past and what they like to do. I mean, it's, it's very important to, 
to look at their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you call the strength-based approach to coaching, is by looking at their strengths? Yes. I, I do feel that's really important for everyone, um, especially for people who, well, for those who have um, any kind of like learning disability, um, ADHD, uh, even on the spectrum, it's really important, I think, to look at the strengths. And not just um, strengths in particular, um, like I'm good at, it's it's their aptitudes, mm-hmm. you know, their interests. Those two to get, those two go together. And by, by looking at your aptitudes and combining it with your interest, you can um, kind of determine what that path will be. And I use a career assessment called U-Science, mm-hmm. and it does that. And mm-hmm. it, it, it uh, comes back with this wonderful report that lays out what, what the client or the student has you know, is all about. Mm. And it's really interesting to see the light turn on, you know, after giving these assessments. Of course, personality assessments are good. Mm -hmm. Um, I use one called 16 Personalities. It's a free assessment. Anybody can do that. Um, And then, of course, there's Gallup Strengths and, you know, Myers-Briggs and all Mm -hmm. of that, too. So I'm curious, if you start with a student going into ninth grade, at that level, what are you looking at? Because they're not really ready to make a career decision or even maybe a, I mean, can they make a decision about what they want to major in at that age? Or are you just trying to lay the groundwork, so to speak? Some kids know exactly what they want to do, right? right. <laughs> um, but most don't. So what you want to do is you you do the career assessments. Um, you find out, you know, get them to know a little bit more about themselves. So you lay that groundwork, which then helps them determine what curriculum to take. Right. right. There's elective courses. Exactly. So uh, for, say, a student who wants to study engineering, it's really important that they take the math the math classes and the and and really AP classes along the way. Right. Um, it's amazing how many students out there, uh, how many AP classes they're taking now. When I went to I school, know. we didn't really all have that at my yeah. school. Um, but it's very very competitive. And if you want to go to a competitive school, then you need to have the AP classes. You need to have the right rigor. They call that rigor of curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and and be able to accomplish that in order to get into the right school. So as far as helping them navigate the whole admissions process, you know, it's going to rely on I guess several things. What? How do you help them get through that process of the applications? Well, we we talk a lot about what they want out of a college. You know, where do they want to be? The location. Um, what? You know, how big a school do they want to go to? Do they want to go to a a, a big school with twenty five thousand students, or do they want to go to a smaller school with? A thousand, or do they want to go? You know, somewhere in between six thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, that that makes a big difference on the type of school um, that you're going to lead them to. For kids with learning differences, do you help them seek out the schools that have better support? Well, I I try to. Yeah. Um, I some some families aren't quite as receptive to that because they're you know, learning disabilities do not go away after you leave high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's a lifelong, quote, disability, and, we, and, and really, people don't like the term disability, but we kind of have to say it in order to get the services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, yes, we, I do try and guide them to the schools that have the, the right services. And um, all colleges are required to have disability sports services. They're required to have that by law. So when you're in high school, if you have a diagnosed learning disability, then you're going to have an IEP or a 504. Um, that, you don't have that in college. You are now covered under ADA. Americans with Disabilities Act. Now you can use the information from the IEP and the 504 to get accommodations because that is normally based on an evaluation and documentation, which you guys do. Exactly. Um, and so you need that in order to get those accommodations. Um, but once you're in a university, you go to Disability Support Services. Now from there, it's up to the student mm -hmm. to to make to make sure they get the accommodations that they need, and that's where sometimes right, they're no longer organizing yes. an IEP meeting or a 504 right. meeting for you. Right, that's where sometimes the ball drops, mm -hmm. and um, they don't have the executive functioning skills. They're not developed yet. Normally, that happens like, you know, 25, 26, 27. So they need those supports in place in order to be able to get the um, to get the services that they need. So many of those kids, though, haven't been um, taught how to advocate for themselves, you know, because the meetings have always been scheduled for them or mom's always called or dad right. to get things, you know, when they're not receiving the right accommodation, someone's chasing that down. So do you work with those students, those younger students on how to start laying that groundwork of, you know, advocating and knowing when it's OK to ask for help? Sure. I say the earlier, the better. I think I'm a firm believer that that student needs to know what their, what their learning disabilities or what their issues are. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the diagnostician or parents maybe sit down with the diagnostician and decide at what age, you know, depends on the age and what sure. they can process, but, you know, to teach them kind of what they have and how to navigate that, um, how to ask for the accommodations that they need. So the earlier, the better. But if they haven't, then um, it is good. I, I will sit down or I will ask if we can talk about that um, because it's, it's so important for these students to know this information before they get to college and accept it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That's what so, it is. Yeah. So there are different levels of support in colleges. There's the regular disability support services. You go to XYZ University and that's all they offer. That means that you have to be a very proactive student and you have to know yourself. And at that level, some of the most common accommodations that they're getting are what? They're getting um, possibly a tutor. Uh, well, they all most campuses do have tutoring and a writing center and possibly a math center for everybody. For everyone, right? And that's normally peer tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, um, the student needs to know, you know how to get themselves out of bed, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> um, to, to go to class, class you know, where to find the information on, you know, on the syllabus. Um, I mean, there's a lot of organizational information that they need to go into college um, understanding. And the, the neurotypical student may not always know that, but they can catch on pretty quickly. Right. Um, because RLD students, ADHD students, and students on the spectrum have 
another level of um, support that they need, sometimes it's overwhelming and, and they crash. So then they need that next level of support. So at the most basic level, that's where they're getting things like extra time on their tests or really just kind of, is that kind of where you're thinking is the, yeah. and then the next level would be more like one-on-one. Yeah. And they could have a, a, a quiet, a distraction-free testing room. Copies of notes. Co- um, copies of notes, although that sometimes that's hard. hard. Um, but if you go to the next level, then they have um, academic um, mentoring. So they have some mentoring programs. A lot of colleges are, are starting to offer these mentoring programs. Just through disability services or for everybody? Uh, it's, nor- it's through mainly... Um, well, it's, it probably depends on depends the on university. The yeah. yeah, I think it could be for anybody. Um, some of them offer them for every student. Wow. But they're smaller, they're smaller universities. Sure. So you have to do your research, is what I'm saying. Then the next level is those comprehensive services, where it's a fee-based program, and you meet with a coordinator either daily or three days a week, and they look at your syllabuses for all your classes, make sure you have all your tests scheduled. Wow. You go to see them when you need their need to take a test. They help you determine. Um, they may even help you with um, uh, meeting a professor. Um, and normally these coordinators have very good relationships with professors on, um, wow. on campus. And that's another very important um, thing to look Great at service. is how, um, how are the faculty um, friendly to students with learning disabilities or ADHD or anybody who needs support? Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's a very important piece of all of that. Sometimes it's through trial and error, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's asking. You have to, you know, you do your you do your research. You meet with other students that go to that school. Um, um, you know, once I have a student who wants to commit to, you know, several schools, um, they have interest they're interested in. Then I might try and reach out to other students to go to those schools and nice. say, you know, um, you know, what is it like? You know, how do you do it? You know, are they are as the faculty friendly um, to the support. Is it easy to get your supports? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I have a question. So you've got a student that's getting that level of support where they're meeting with someone three times a week and they're really, um, it sounds pretty, it sounds amazing, but at the same time, do they try to get that student as the through those four to five years to become more and more independent and try to pull some of that away? I just think about finished school and you've had that level of support, then are you really ready to go out? In the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's Do the they goal. fade out that support? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. That is the goal. The goal is to fade it out. Some students, most students can do it, some, some can. can. Sure. Um, I will tell you that I do know students that have needed it through senior year and it wasn't until the last semester that that actually was pulled uh, pulled back. Right. Um, but you know, they made it through, and that was the goal, you know. And this, these students were, were very aware of their needs, mm-hmm. so that, that was, um, you know, that was an accomplishment. Um, but they had a little bit more academic uh, needs, sure. so that's why they had to meet more often. Are there, so not every school offers all those levels of support, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, every school has to offer some level of support some go above and beyond off the top of your head like the top four or five schools that you feel like go above and beyond what would those be 
Well, um, there are some LDs only schools that okay. I know of, Landmark College in Vermont, Beacon College in Florida. Um, those are two off the top of my head that are only LD, ADHD, you know, disability only wow. schools. Mm-hmm. And then there are other schools that have comprehensive programs. My son went to the University of the Ozarks that has the Jones Learning Center. That was the reason why he graduated from college. That's awesome. Um, but there are others. Um, the... Um, there's uh, University of Denver has uh, a program there, and there's you know some in the Northeast, uh, Curry College, Dean College, mm-hmm. Mitchell College. There's uh, Marshall, Marshall. I mean, there's there's quite a few of them around you, but um, and I have many of them listed on my website. Okay, good. We'll put that in the show notes so people can access that. Is that the same level that you would see? Because I know like Texas Tech has a really good oh, disability I've, program. Yes. Do they have? Is that that same level? Kind of as their top Tex- tier. Yes, Texas Tech has has a great program too. Abilene Christian and Shriner. Oh, really? Those are the three here in uh, Texas. I didn't know about Abilene about. Christian. That's good to know. Yeah, and and Shriner. Shriner is a great LD program. Where is that? Why don't I know? Kerrville. Okay. Promoting that because I just visited them in the in March, oh, yeah? and um, I, it's a great little campus. Okay. Does the University of Arizona still have their? They had a the Salt program, which was for another great program. Now that's a very large school. It is a large so school. So mm-hmm. a student would need to be able to navigate that large uh, university mm-hmm. setting, but the Salt Center is an excellent program uh, if you're student can handle the large university. Do you have to be accepted into these programs at these schools, or is it just if you get accepted to the school, then you're into the program? Yeah, so normally you need to get accepted into the school first, okay. and then you, um, you yes, you, uh, what's the, I don't know if it's accepted is the word, but you go through their process to um, to get the accommodations through them. Gotcha. So like showing documentation of a diagnosed learning disability, applying for support services and accommodations. Yes, yes. And they will, many of these centers help you through that disability support services process. Oh, really? So that's another mm-hmm. service that they offer. So I have a lot of parents that will ask, I'm not sure if you've heard this, Abby, that they are afraid by... Um, that the, if, if one they're applying to colleges, if the college knows in the application process that they might have a learning disability, that that might hinder their acceptance. Can you speak to that? I don't, I don't think it's true, but I, I guess I need to, you would know more than me. So please, can you kind of answer that? Well, that's, that's a tricky question because right. they don't really need to know that you have a learning disability when you apply. There's nowhere that you have to check a box no, or anything. Yeah, that's no, what I thought. Okay. You don't. Um, you know, what you're doing is you're you're giving your basic information, you're filling you're completing your essays like everybody else. You're uh, providing your SAT ACT scores if it's a school that accepts them. Mm-hmm. We're um, many, many schools are doing test optional now right. and some are going test blind, meaning they won't look at them at all. Um, which has really turned the admissions process upside down this past year. Oh, my sure. Um, so that's another podcast. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, no, you don't need to say it, but a lot of times what you may, that may be something you want to you wanna point out in the essay, right. how you've had these challenges and how you've overcome them. Um, that's a good point. That, you know, rather than just, 
you know, saying, I have a learning disability. This is, I might have a learning disability, but I have become a better person because of it. Um, and of course, they're going to look at your transcripts. So they're going to mm-hmm. be basing their admission on more of that. Your performance um, in high Your performance school. and your rigor in high school mm-hmm. than, you know, whether you have a learning disability. So do you, is that part of your, your coaching with your students throughout high school and navigating the admission process? Do you help them with those essays and the applications? Is that something that's part of your services? Yes, yes. I help them um, complete their applications, and then we work on the essays um, that go with the application because um, there are different ways to apply to college. You can do the Common App. You can do uh, Apply Texas. You can, or some of these universities have their own application, and so they'll have their own essays. So each of these applications come with essay prompts, and so you know I help the student you know choose the prompt that they they want to speak to and then we work on the essay yes and once those kids get to college I think we kind of touched on this but just because I think this is such an important point too that those services um, are only there if they take advantage of them no one's going to come chasing them down and say hey don't forget you get to take your test in here today you know it's you got to show up for it well that's where that that self-advocacy part Mm -hmm. comes in and so that's why we need to try and help our kids learn those skills before they get to school. So, you know, setting that alarm clock, um, getting themselves up out of bed by themselves in high school. um, If they don't have those skills, then I'm worried. Um, Let's just say their first year is going to be a lot more difficult. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So that's where um, you might want to think about some other options. Right. So, which is, we've talked a lot about college admissions, but mm-hmm. a couple things I want to make sure we touch on are, um, I want to talk a little bit about a gap year, and then also what the options are for kiddos that maybe college isn't a good fit for them. So, first, what's a gap year? How would you define it? Oh, well, the gap year is just taking time off to explore who you are. Um I would say that there are lots of kids who take gap years. I mean, even like uh, Harvard University, sometimes, we, you know, they look um, favorably on kids who take gap years. Those kids are going to go abroad or they're going to be doing internships or something along that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking a year just to slay home and play Xbox all That is not a, a year, gap year. not a gap year. No, no, okay. no. Just to no. clarify. <laughs> a gap year is, is yeah. Improving yourself in some form or fashion. So, um, like, I've known uh, students who have, like I said, gone abroad and they have um, done mission work or, yeah, volunteered or even just studied another language um, and then have come back and either started, uh, well, it could be even just a gap semester, you know, mm-hmm. and start in the, uh, January or they... Um, start the next year. Um, a gap year for um, an LD, ADHD, autism spectrum kid might be a little different. Um, that gap year could be a, spe- a special program that's going to help that student with their social emotional learning. It's going to help them with their independent skills, living skills, um, their time management skills. Um, and for several students, 
that I have um, worked with, I have, I have offered that as an option. Um, and it has been a good thing. And that's good to know that schools don't look down or look unfavorably against students that have taken that gap year. I, I mean, you can apply to college and get in mm -hmm. and then take a gap year. So you can get in and say, you know what, I'm going to defer oh, really? for a year and then take that gap year. Huh. Mm -hmm. um, but others really need to take the gap year before they decide what they're going to do mm -hmm. afterwards. Right. So there are some really good ones out there. Um, uh, there's You could look under the gap year, so I think it's called the gap year association. Um, association? Yeah. That's awesome. Gapyearassociation.org. Gap really, let's do that. I think a gap year sounds From really life. good right now. We'll go improve ourselves. I want that to is fall. That's called a vacation. Oh, yeah. But not for a year. That's yeah. True. Um, so the Gap Year Association, you said? Yeah, gapyearassociation.org. And so you can go on there and you can look at all the various options. Um, and they have some specific for kids with learning differences. or They have those too. That's awesome. Um, I know of a few as well. Um, the um, CLE, College Living Experience, has various locations. They do have one in Austin. We're here in Texas. So they have one in Austin, Denver. I think they have California, D.C. I think they have one in Florida. Um, but you can look on their site, CLE. Um, and then there's CIP, which is College Internship uh, Program. Same hmm. type of thing. Um, and then there's another one that's really good for kids who with ADHD and on the spectrum called SOAR. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're an experiential type of um, gap year where the, you go to Wyoming and they do a lot of outdoor type of activities, oh, but they also nice. have internships within the little town there. That's awesome. I mean, um, I went and visited and they had some pretty unique internships like, you know, Fish hatchery and okay, that's pretty cool. Though. Tannery, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a small town that in Wyoming, cool. <laughs> right? Right. Um, but they also um, help their kids with those independent living skills, and they um, they do. I think at least once, if not twice a year, they they put their kids in a van and they have to go on a trip themselves, and they have to plan this trip themselves, and they have to visit colleges along that's the way. Awesome. So it's a great. It's also a great uh, program. Great experience. Um, so there are other ones out there too. Soar. Soar. So we'll put those in the show notes okay. for everybody. Yeah. S O A R. So then, if you've got a kiddo that. Um, just college is not going to, for whatever reason, there's lots of reasons, college isn't going to be a good fit. How do you navigate that process for them? Um, well, in that case, then it's um, probably a good time to think about work. Career. And um, at least for a year or two and try out various um, types of various experiences it's still we still want to play to their strengths mm -hmm. we still want to get a job that's going to play to their strengths and and hopefully through that experience they will figure out what the next step is for them because um, it could be um, they could take a, a class or two at the community college they could take a uh, like a credential type um, certification program mm -hmm. certification um, you know, because there's always trade schools, um, right. I mean, welding, and then there's, you know, cosmetology. And I mean, there's a lot of a lot of programs out there, veterinary, you know, right. uh, assistance um, that you can go towards. Uh, let, 
I encourage some type of post-secondary education because research shows that you will um, have higher salaries if you have some type of education. Something. Mm -hmm. Some certification, some kind of something, yeah. So the higher up in, the more education you have, the higher your salary. I'm not saying that everybody who has a college degree is going to be out getting a high salary out the gate, mm-hmm. but um, you know that they have to work for it. And actually, I you know right now in this in this uh, employment um, environment that we have, our kids are having a hard time getting really? out of college and finding jobs that make enough money to you know support themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they just need to be resilient and um, just getting that experience, and then they'll start. They'll start moving up. Do you have some kids that show up and they're not sure which route they want to go? You know, they don't know. They're they're they just know they've got to do something. They're going to graduate, right? Something's going to have to happen. Yeah. And so, do those do the inventories help you make those decisions? Is it just the just kind of talking it through, giving them their options, and letting them kind of marinate in that and make a decision I think that would be very hard to do when you've got parents that maybe have these expectations a student only has expectations over here it can be very stressful for the student for the parents it's a stressful time do you find they could do a little counseling in there yes definitely (laughs) (laughs) um I mean I think it's all about finding who you are you know that student needs to find to find out Find a little bit more or think a little bit more about who they are mm-hmm. and what they want to do in life. life. You know, yeah. what are what are their short-term goals? What are their long-term goals? You know, many students um, in that environment want to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, but um, you need some type of education um, to be successful in that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you need some mentors. Right. So we look for mentors that can help guide them. What um, when you're so when you're working, are you mostly working with the student or a combo student parent? Like, how does it? I work mainly with the student, but I keep the parent informed. Okay. Um, some cases I work both with the student and the parent. Um, it really depends on the student. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, there's some students that say, "Mom, leave," mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's some students that mom's sitting next to them, and it's okay. Right. Whatever, you know, the student feels comfortable. I'm working with the student. That's my client. Um, the parent is also my client because they have another part of the process. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, paying the bill. Right. But, um, so they need to have some say in this, too. But in the end, the student needs to be the one to decide what they want to do with their lives. Sure. Can you help with scholarship opportunities? Uh, yes. And, and financial aid. Yes. Mm-hmm. And are there some specific for kids with learning disabilities? There, there are, but not as much as you, we would like. Yeah. Um, I would love to see more scholarship opportunities for kids with learning disabilities. Um, sometimes we can get some through the university. Um, but the first thing you need to do, though, is fill out the FAFSA. That's done October 1st, and that's a process. So yeah. I can help the parents complete that FAFSA. Uh, FASA.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that we need that, that we look at when we're looking at colleges and not only is it you know what the student wants and location and in their majors and all of that, it's also you know how much is this going to cost? Budget sure. yeah, yeah. That's so a big the one. parents mm-hmm. need to be involved in that. And there's something called a net price calculator. 
that they can go on and uh, kind of get a feel for how much aid they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also merit aid that you can get from specific colleges. But Are you doing everything virtually? Right now it's all virtual. Um, but um, as everybody gets vaccinated, I'm comfortable since I am vaccinated, I'm comfortable doing in person as well. But, across, but you're working with kids across the country, so at that point then it's obviously... It doesn't, yeah, because yeah, we're doing Zoom. They're used to doing Zoom. Uh, you know, I meet I meet their pets and... <laughs> <laughs> Siblings. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, see what their room looks like. <laughs> um, and then, you know, kind of gives me an idea of who they are. Yeah, so in, sure. in that way, it's actually very helpful to me as a consultant. Yeah. So how would somebody find you and reach you if they were interested in your services? Uh, well, they can email me at um, bethmcgaw at gmail.com, or they can call me, 404-401-9400, and I'm sure you'll have that. Or they can we'll have all that in the show notes. Yep. On, my, um, on my website, which is launchpadconsultinggroup.com, and I have a, um, you know, you can fill out a form, a contact form. That's awesome. Well, thank that you. This awesome. has been really helpful. I know we get lots Absolutely. of questions about how to navigate this process once kids graduate high school and we do especially for kids with learning differences or learning challenges it can be anxiety inducing to start thinking about that so to know that you've got the resources and expertise to the parents and to the students absolutely it is overwhelming yeah well thank you for what you guys do too because you are that first step you know we gotta have a diagnosis before we can do anything you're exactly Um, right and before they can get those accommodations you have to have that diagnosis so um I'm glad you're here to do that for them. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here. We'll have everything in the show notes. Remember, if you guys have any specific questions, you can always reach us at Let's Talk Learning Disabilities at gmail.com. Or if you have suggestions about future episodes, stuff you'd like to hear. um, We are very uh, thankful that you're here today. You guys, everybody have a great day. And um, stay tuned for uh, our next episode, which will be episode 19 out in about two weeks. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our show notes, you can find information about today's talk, as well as links to resources and other episodes. If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com.